Good morning and welcome to the main point. I'm going to just call it main point today because it's the midweek main point. This is our bonus episode for the week um, and it is August 4th, 2021. Uh, we are here at Rose of Sharon Baptist Church and we are the Rose of Sharon Baptist Church pastoral staff. I'm Associate Pastor Jonathan Hendrickson and I'm joined here today with uh, Jeremiah Custer, our youth pastor, our children's pastor Blake Flincham and our senior pastor Jeff McCarthy. And we're here to do what we do on Main Point, which is to dig a little bit deeper into the Sunday message. Um, last time, guys, or on Monday, we talked, we went back two weeks ago and, and um, discussed the prayer for discernment. Uh, today's topic is uh, quite a bit different um, and has a lot to do with um, where we are right now. We're doing Vacation Bible School and uh, we're doing this month-long VBS on Sunday nights. And it's all focused on... Uh, the theme of, of, of the VBS is, is Jesus' power pulling us through. And so um, I think it was a really great decision on your part, Jeff, to get to to use the verses that the kids are learning in the evening and doing a message on each of those verses as we go through the month of, of August. So the rest of the main points you're going to hear are all going to be on the subject of the power of God and um, its various applications and, it's very, and the way we understand the power of God. And so um, I think it's appropriate when you think of power and you think about verses in the Bible that talk about power or ability, um, I immediately think of Philippians 4.13. It's just, it's just one of those verses that, that immediately comes to mind whenever you talk about these sort of things. And maybe that's because of, just like you pointed out, Jeff, like a lot of athletes use it. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you hear this, this verse used in, in a lot of athletic competitions or, or not, and not just with athletes, but a lot of people just use it to say that they, you know, I can do all things because that's what it sounds like, right? I mean, Paul says, and I'm reading from the HCSB here, I, or the CSB, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Um, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Another translation of that verse, like the NKJV reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, um, you know, the title of the message was more than a mantra. Um, and I, I do think that in some ways the, um, this verse obviously not in some ways it really does it obviously gets pulled out of context um and, and then used as a mantra and you were sharing in the in the sermon some stuff i, I didn't i i think i knew the thing about steph curry writing writing the verse on his shoe what i i didn't realize until you sent me the image for this for this particular one that that he that he wrote it like i can i he shortened it to just the I can do all things dot and with the ellipses the dot 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 um, and and without the <clears throat> without the reference either it doesn't it doesn't say you know Philippians four thirteen after it and um, and how then Under Armour picked that up and ran with it and made a whole brand out of it I didn't know that yeah um, is that been his thing for a while now or is that is that is that a more recent I know you said he was writing that on his shoe back when he was at Davidson. Well, yes. So yeah. So when you read through and you kind of look at his uh, life story and he became a Christian when he was thirteen. Yeah, I mean he and, is a believer. Yeah, right? yeah. And so uh, you know, 
probably the two verses everybody memorizes as a kid is John three sixteen and Philippians four thirteen. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you have to memorize these two verses if you don't memorize any other verse in the Bible. But unlike unlike so, John 3, 16, Philippians 4, 13 can really be taken well, out of context. And, and then what? Then most people say you need to find a life verse. And so I've already memorized John 3, 16. That doesn't really fit as a life verse, even though it is you know, the eternal life verse. Right. Uh, John, uh, you know, Philippians 4, 4, 13 then falls into the category where most guys in are going to say, hey, that's my life first because they're into athletics, whatever. And right. So, so they misapply. So he, anyway, so he picks his life first. And uh, so when he's in college at Davidson, he starts writing uh, Philippians 4.13. Uh, he would write, you know, the whole verse sometimes. And he did it every game, you know. And so when he got into the pros, uh, he still did the same thing. I can do all things. But he put Philippians 4.13. He would put the reference. And then it kind of kept getting shorted down to mm-hmm. sometimes he would write it sometimes he wouldn't but most of the images are going to have I can do all things blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and uh, so then Nike uh, you know their, their the image was a Nike shoe right uh, so they were talking to him about shoe deals and all and so he and his dad Dale Curry which is a you know uh, well-known athlete as well uh, they were looking at everybody else's shoe and how Steph could wear their shoe and be a a spokesman for their brand mm-hmm. and he's like hmm and so armor on a contact and like hey we'd like for you to do it we would have a step shoot mm-hmm. step curry shoot and so they were interested in that and so that's what they did and so because that was so prominent in his life then that became like they used that to say hey yeah this 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 would all go in together and we can actually use it part of our marketing and all that and so some some t-shirts will have i could do all things steph curry uh, his little logo image or be uh some of them even have p413 <laughs> um some of them have ph4 so some of them do have the reference but it then became part of his identity yeah that that the verse in him become one right in a way yeah and when you know if, if you see that the and you, your whole sermon was about this if you take that first part of the verse that i can do all things or I'm able to do all things. Um, and then all of a sudden, you make that, like you said, a mantra. And you can see that that's, that's, that's what And he even said that was his mantra, which then gave me the title of the message. Right, right. Yeah, because a mantra is something you... You repeat, you repeat over and over. You meditate You know, I play on. golf, and my, one of my mantras is, I've got this shot. I've got this shot. Because I've had it before, and I know I can make the shot, so I tell myself I can do it. Right. And so in, in a way, he's doing the same thing, but in... But being a Christian, all he already knows the second part of the verse. Right. He would tell people, you yeah. know, I'm not doing this. But so, so he's had defeat. He's had a disappointment. All, but he always points back to Christ. Then it's more than this shirt. Right. It's more than all this stuff. I'm following him, and even in my disappointments, I can still. Yeah, I, I would wonder. I, uh, I mean, I don't know this, and it's not fair for me to speculate. But I would wonder if if he. If he in some ways misinterpret misunderstands this verse as well to some degree. Well, when I was doing the research, uh, someone did quote. Uh, there's two false quotes out there. One is uh, there was a false uh, fake news thing about Nike wouldn't let him put it, let him write on his shoe. Uh-huh. That way, that therefore they they didn't sign him or they didn't have a contract for him. 
Well, right. that's that was bogus. Right. That was somebody just said that they yeah they won't let Steph Curry ride on their shoes, so he had to go to Armour uh, uh-huh. Under Armour. So that's false. Right. The other one was that uh, when he lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he finally realized he goes back into the locker room, he's upset and he's meditating. And it's like picks his Bible back up and reads the verse, and then reads the second part. Guy, oh, that's what this was about. And he finally found out the true meaning of Philippians 4.13. And the guy just quotes it. Like, this really happened. So I'm like, it did? So I do my Google, like, right, where right. did this happen? And, and the source of that is the Babylon Bee. Oh. So the Babylon Bee in satire, if you don't know anything about the Babylon Bee, gets misquoted a lot. Right. They were basically saying, yeah, Seth Curley finally found out the true meaning of this verse <laughs> in a satire way. So whether he knows the true meaning... I think he probably really does. Well, even but it does get taken out of context. Well, that, and that's my point. And, and I'll, 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 Jeremiah, um, you were, you know, well, actually, all, all three of you guys play sports. I didn't. But um, even if he does know that the whole the whole verse, I can do all things through Christ, who, you know, which strengthens me, or I can, I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me or gives me strength. Um, why... <laughs> Should an athlete use this verse <laughs> um, in in uh, you know to as a mantra or as a, as something to empower them or to give them confidence? Yeah. So unfortunately, if you just look at the Bible and you're thinking like, what's going to be my life verse? My my biggest passion other than Jesus is sports. There's just not many verses out there that sound really good right that, that are really motivating what as the deer panteth before the water yeah. so my soul pants for him <laughs> jesus wept <laughs> cross country jesus wept <laughs> cross country you're always tired my soul pants for him <laughs> i i don't no i give i give what i remember saying. growing up and I, I wanted a mantra or a life verse people always asked you what's your life verse and like jeff said this was a common one that just kept, kind of kept coming up so I, I used it for motivation, and I, I definitely understood it out of its context. I definitely believed that, that I could do incredible feats on the ball field uh, if I just believed hard enough. Right? Or, 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 or how about this? I can do incredible feats on the ball field if I give God glory. Yeah, right? as long as I, like, at the end of it, give him glory, and then you're like, dude, you're, you're a sixth grade, like, T-baller. <laughs> so like, I was growing You're up. You're a sixth grade T-baller. Well, yeah. You got a lot more problems than that. Rec league. That's right. Rec league is what I was looking for. You're in a rec league. So I had on, on my wall, I had a poster. And my family is a big baseball family. I'm not really that big into baseball. But uh, I had a poster on my wall of this dude just laid out like, Full dive for a catch. It's awesome photo, right? And on it, I remember it so clear. But the translation, I don't know what translation was, but it was Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength I need. Mm. Mm. That was the translation, who gives me the strength I need. And so that was my that was my verse, and I just thought that by playing ball, I could bring the most glory to God. And, of course, that's just, it's 100% idolatry. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that that's just kind of how it goes down. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. No, no, I th- I, I think you're right. Um, Blake, do you think that uh, that 
God gives people um, that is, the spiritual gift can be uh, athletic prowess in order to bring glory to Him, in order to in order to 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 be able to you know, and, and then through that He empowers them to be able to do things that they couldn't do otherwise. Yeah, I think um, I don't know that I would call it a gift necessarily, but I do think that God has allowed you know God has. Uh, I want to be careful my words here. He has, you know, allowed some people to be just more athletic. Like, like I'm not Usain Bolt. All right, I'm not. You know, I'm right. a, you know, I do yard work and I'm a children's pastor for a living. You know, I don't, yeah. I can't run a race. Uh, I'm just not fit the way that Usain Bolt is, and I never could be. You know, mm-hmm. he just has a different. You know, he just has like a different body type that can really, you know, help him in what he does. But I do think. And whatever we kind of like are made for, you know, we should give glory to God in every single aspect of our lives. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, if it's the Lord's plan for somebody to be an Olympic runner and they're a believer, yeah, use that platform to bring glory to Him. But, and if even if it's something like, you know, working yard work or, you know, being a teacher, yeah, do all things for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I would necessarily say that it's a, spiritual gift if you're like athletic you know what i'm saying right like jeff like uh another verse that that goes along with this that that i'm just thinking athletic verses here and just to just in kind of tying what we're talking about but there you know it's that whatever you do do it unto the lord Mm -hmm. thing and i think some people are like well i'm gonna go be a football player and be a football player unto the lord i'm gonna go be a basketball player and be a basketball player unto the lord there, I'm going to, you know, and so if I'm doing my basketball under the Lord, I need to do the best I can. But, hey, Christ is going to give me the strength to do that. that that's, that's sort of the combination of things that go together when you're, when you're thinking of that. But I don't know that that's necessarily even what the, any of that means. Um, I, like, I, I have my own thoughts on the whole doing it under the Lord thing, but I, I don't think it's necessarily like I'm going to be a football player unto the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, what we want people to do and strive to do is actually be an authentic Christian mm-hmm. in your walk of life. Right. So if that walk of life means I'm a school teacher or I'm a doctor or I'm a missionary or I'm a uh, football player mm-hmm. uh, or an Olympic athlete, whatever that, that realm that I'm in then my goal then is to be a Christian in that realm and, and to give glory to Christ, whether I win or lose, um, you know, being a good teammate, being an encourager, you know, all those things that you would want people to be as a Christian wherever they're at, I think it applies here too. They just happen to choose, you know, sports as their ch- chosen profession. And, um, and like I said, through various reasons and all this first kind of pops up, like we were talking earlier about the Olympics and like the two women runners um, that won gold and silver, uh, McLaughlin's a big believer. Mm-hmm. And like the the whole thing last <laughs> night, it leading up to the race, during the race, and after the race was the was the the commentator kept saying their mantra, their thing is iron sharpens iron. And I'm like, me and Eileen are watching them like. I wish he would say, and this is found in Proverbs. <laughs> but it didn't. So, so I think yeah, in yeah. Steph Curry's way is he's getting a word out there. Uh, if people take the time to maybe look and they see the second part of the verse. Yeah. And these, these women use the verse, at least the Christian believer, 
with the woman she's racing with her teammate right. to make each other better. Iron yeah. sharpens iron. So I don't think there's a problem with people using verses or having a life verse or having a mantra even, um, you know, because that that helps us in you know trying to live our life. But but to, but don't. Uh, I don't think this was written. When Paul's sitting in prison, so that one day somebody might be able to have a life verse that's going to make thirty-four million dollars <laughs> <You're right>. a year <laughs> chasing a ball. You know? Paul wasn't. When, so, when Paul wrote this. He so, wasn't. He wasn't so I think the misapplication in the Christian realm is then, like I made the quote of Osteen, is that you know if if we're not succeeding and if we're not, then it's it's something's wrong with us. We're not believing hard enough. We're right. Not doing hard enough, um, and it's almost like. Christ has taken out of the realm there, too. Yeah. So, and at least a huge disappointment. Yeah, and that's what He's I, I was going to talk about that next. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think Paul was thinking about, you know, I'm going to write this verse, and this is going to inspire so many athletes to just do the best that they can, win those laurels. Man, this is going to be so Like, yeah, that's not what he's thinking when he's writing this. And, uh, you know, I think if he was alive, he'd be like, no, that's, that's not what I meant. Um, well, like even but, Paul used a lot of uh, sports metaphors yeah. in a lot of his writings. Well, he did. And this would be the perfect place. To, yeah. And by the way, where you're chasing after that crown. Right. You know, <laughs> hint, hint, use this as your life verse, not the... Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about what Jeff, Jeff just said, alluded to, because I think it is important. Um, when we misconstrue this verse, whether it's in athletics or whatever... Because I think some people go through a difficult time, Jeremiah. They're, they're, um, you know, maybe they're they're just uh, they're going through depression. Like uh, like depression is is a, you know we mental health is a big topic right now again because yeah. of the Olympics because of what's going on with Simone Biles and all. And um, some people want to blow that kind of stuff off. But so so they might they might think I'm depressed and I don't even feel like getting out of bed. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. Or through Christ who gives me strength. What happens when I'm not able to get out of bed? What happens when my depression doesn't go away? Um, what happens when, you know, or in the athletic competition, I don't hit that winning shot? Um, or, you know, I don't get the job that that I thought I would get because, you know, I thought I was qualified for it and Christ was giving me the strength. What happens then? Yeah, I think that's actually... The better context for the verse, if mm -hmm. I'm being honest, right. because it's in the midst of suffering, just like Paul currently, mm -hmm. he's in prison. Clear, clearly, he couldn't mean if he's in prison and he means that you can do all things, why is he in prison? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. If you're depressed and it means that you can do all things, why, why are you not depressed? But the, the context of the verse is uh, that... Um, in the midst of suffering, God will God will pull you through. Like if you trust in Him, He will pull you through to bring it to the the VBS theme. Not that not that He's going to miraculously heal you or mm -hmm. uh, maybe take you completely out of the situation, but He will help you through the situation, be with you in the situation, just like He was with Paul. Paul's in prison. Uh, and he's hungry. It talks about him being hungry and having an abundance of need. Uh, so he's not exactly comfortable. He's not exactly living his best life at, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, but he says, 
you know, I'm going to continue on. The whole book of Philippians is I'm going to continue sharing the gospel because the people need to hear the gospel, whether I'm in prison, whether I'm in your presence, uh, whether I'm with you, whether I'm not in prison. Just we're going to share the gospel. We're going to continue to, to pull through and uh, God's going to help us and strengthen us, strengthen us in that. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're dead on. And, and I think if you if you take it any other way than to see it that way. And, and I think, Jeff, you brought this up um, that the, 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 the verses leading up to this verse. I mean, that's always important to look at verses in their context. And no, I think this is one of those that would people would do well to look at it in its context. And to see what he's talking about, because right before this, yeah, like the NIV, uh, NIV's translation said, "I could do all this through Christ." Who gives right. Me and so, what is the this, or yes. what is the all what things the that this? he's talking about? Mm-hmm. And what he's talking about is, he says, "In any and all circumstances, just in the verse beforehand, in any, I, well, I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content." Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I'm able to do all things. So the all things or the able to do this, is, he's saying I can be hungry or I can be content. I can be, um, I can be doing, I can have a lot or I can have a little. Um, but um, what the whether whether no matter what I'm in, I can be content with where I am. Mm because of the one who strengthens me. So it's less about ability, and or it seems to be less about ability, even though there's ability. And I think that's the, the key here, right? I think, I think all of the translations that we read um, make it sound, it uses ability language, right? Mm-hmm. It makes it sound like it's really kind of dependent on us in, in some ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the reason why people made the logical leap of saying, well, the can language, a can do language. A, I'm able, you know, I'm this is ability. This is all about my ability and my gifts and my talents. But that's not what I don't think that's what he means when he's saying that. When he's when he's using this ability language, I don't think it means the same thing as what we mean when we use it. Does that make sense, Blake? Yeah, and and I think that's the cool part about this verse is like it doesn't like there's not a period there's not a like a comma or a semicolon anything after i can do all things but it continues with through christ which shows that like if you don't have christ like you can't be content in these things Mm -hmm. like christ is the source of the strength and so i don't know if there's like a fancy like english term for i'm not an english major but like the first part of the sentence you can't find out what the first part of the sentence means unless you have the latter part of the sentence. Yeah. And so because the Christ because of Christ who does strengthen you, you can do all things. You can suffer well, you can rejoice well, things like that. Right. You know? That that through Christ is important yeah. clause that goes back to the I can I, I, you know I'm able to do. It's like the connecting. I'm part. able to right. Yeah. I'm able to do through Christ or you can say through Christ or empowered by Christ. I have the power to do these things. Yeah, and so the I'm, I have I have the ability. You know, I'm I'm able to be content, and it doesn't mean that I'm. So it's 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 completely not about me, and and, and that's what your that's what your second point was on, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Was that it's not well. The first point is it's not about our individual accomplishments, but we kind of covered that. It can't be, right. but you can see why why it. it 
why people made that logical leap, right? And it, it has to do with not only did they, because I think there are people who know the whole verse. Mm-hmm. I think there are the people who know the whole verse and still know it, and still three. still knowing the whole verse, still think it's about what I can do and my ability. And it, you know, I, I think of it this way. You know, I'm, I, don't, I can't think of a really great illustration, but like. Um, you know, a microwave oven is is designed to heat things up, but unless it's plugged in, right? Unless it has power, it's unable to do the things That's that it's right. designed to do. It's it's completely in a it, it has it has no ability, and so the ability here is to be content. Don't 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 misconstrue that because it's what he's saying, right? The ability is contentment. We have the potential for contentment, but our potential for contentment is fulfilled when we're plugged into Christ. That's right. Right, and apart from that, we don't have the potential for for real, for real contentment. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, because um, um, in the, in, since we're kind of moving towards the second part now, uh, you mentioned ability, and then strength. Well, when you look at that word, strength means it means to enable. And so, if I'm going in my own ability, I don't want someone to enable me. I could do this myself. And I think that's where people miss the, the verse mm. because Jesus is like, yeah, I want to give you the strength to make it through this, that you can do all things. You can be content even if you don't have a job or if your wife just left you or, uh, uh, you know, whatever suffering you're going through. And, you know, and I use that passage in Corinthians where Paul lists that whole uh, that, litany of things yeah, that happened right. to him, you know, being beaten and, you know, and so the question then uh, if I if I truly believe this verse, am I willing then to put myself out there like Paul did mm-hmm. and and suffer the consequences that may come my way, knowing that Jesus is going to give me the strength to make it through? Yeah, I mean that's technically literally what the whole passage is all about. And he's trying to help the Philippian church realize this is going on with me now, but I'm preparing you because it's going to, it's getting ready to happen. Now, he didn't prophetically say that, but he's preparing them for that. And later on, when he does write, he does talk about uh, persecution and uh, false teachers and everything that's going on that, you know, that you've got to be prepared and you've got to keep keep uh, pressing towards the mark and the goal and all that other stuff. So, so it's a way of preparing them, but it's also a way of preparing us to live a Christian life in a world that's, you know, rapidly becoming more and more and more and more anti-Christian. Yeah. So, Jeremiah, is it is it wrong of us or do we do we take the wrong step by I mean, I know the Bible is 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 applicable across multiple multiple scenarios and, and such. Is it wrong of us when we take the step of pulling this verse um outside of the context of ministry or outside of the context of Christian service, like like is it is it wrong to to take it and apply it to our mm-hmm. everyday lives when it seems as though Paul's message is is direct, you know when you consider the whole theme of Philippians like what we were just discussing yeah it seems to be more a message towards the church. No, I don't think I don't think it's wrong to apply it to everyday life, and I don't even think it's wrong to apply it to sports, although it needs to be applied correctly. Right. You, I think meaning needs to be first and then application is subsequent to meaning so that the application should flow from the meaning. But mm-hmm. if you have the wrong meaning, your application will be wrong. And I think that's kind of what we said with point one. So an important thing to note 
is Paul doesn't just talk about suffering. He does talk about abundance here. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says, if, if, we're tr- if, if it's true that apart from Christ, you can't have contentment, that means apart from Christ, you won't have contentment even in abundance. Yeah. Right. Even when you're rich. Even, even if you have tons of stuff. You're even not, when you get that gold and silver yes. medal. You're that not going to be satisfied. Trophy. Right. And exactly. so a good, like, if you want to apply this to sports, a good perspective to have is is that regardless of outcome, my job is different. My goal is different. My goal is I'm going to be content in Christ, uh, and then regardless of the outcome, I'm going to bring God glory. And I think sometimes pe- people just assume that God receives more glory if you're the best. Mm-hmm. But sometimes God receives glory if you're the person who false started. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how you react. It depends on uh, what you say in your interview because you're probably going to get an interview. Uh, it, you could still use failure as a platform to glorify God. Doesn't this get back to, in some ways, the, the discussion we had in our last podcast on motive and what motivates me to do the things that I'm doing? Yeah. If, it, if it's really all about me and myself, I'm going to be less likely to to um to give god glory in those moments that i fail right if i if i if i trip and if i have a false start on the line or whatever if i don't make that or if i you know airball that game winning buzzer beater um I'm, I'm i'm gonna be less likely to to give god glory if it's all about me right yeah i mean and i mentioned idolatry earlier especially with sports what 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 ends up happening is we worship the god of sports and we want the true God to help us. Yeah. Like, I, I want God to make me better at worshiping something other than Him. That's a good way to look at it. I'll bring God way. glory as long as He does something miraculous for me where I look yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good But, like, uh, Olympics are on our mind, right? Yeah. So, right. So, like, I just saw a story of, of two guys who fell, and, and there's no chance of recovering. After, apparently there is a chance of recovering after you fall. Uh, we saw that too. But right. these guys failed and even tried to recover. Right. And they're walking towards the line. They show great sportsmanship. And I'm like, couldn't that be just as big a platform as so. if he won gold? I think yeah. so. And I think so. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But see, this kind of gets back to what my, my, my question a minute ago is, you know, is it is it okay to pull this away from christian service because everything you've said up to this point if you're you know if you're giving if you're doing those things to bring god glory then that is in christian service yeah so again is i go back to the question i asked which was is it are do we take the wrong step by trying to apply this verse outside of the context of christian service um, whatever that looks like, right, As, or Christian ministry, not necessarily preaching ministry and things. I'm talking about like just Christian service in our, in our day-to-day lives, but still, it seems to me that Paul is, is speaking directly about how best to serve God. Yeah. Um, and and when, we, when we remove that component from this, then we get things that, like you just said, God helped me, enable me to serve some, to serve another God. Enable me to give me the strength so I can worship something better than I'm worshiping you. Mm. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, so I wonder if that's what... And, and what made me think about that is, is some of the... Um, uh, one of the accompanying verses that you used in this point, Jeff, was the verse from 1 Timothy 1.12, where Paul says, 
um, well, the NLT here says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. Mm. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. And so it seems to me that when Paul talks about Christ giving him strength, it's, it's in the context, Blake, of doing his work. Yeah. Um, and so I think that maybe, maybe that's where we missed that. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think I think you are on to something because, like, I like what you said. Christian service doesn't necessarily mean being on the mission, like a like vocational yeah. mission field, <laughs> or you know, as a preacher. But like, Christian service can also be like, if everybody, like, say you're in a biz, like, say you're in a, a staff meeting at your the place you work at, and everybody's gossiping about your boss. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe. Like, there's a reason people are gossiping. Maybe the boss did something wrong, but how you can be content is like, look, I'm thankful that God's granted me a job, and you don't partake in the sins of the others, mm-hmm. and you be a Christ-like example in that, and you can, even though you do have a bad work scenario, you can still be content in the things you do have, and you can be different. Yeah. And so, and like, we would consider that Christian service, too. Because of you know you're being faithful in your workplace where God's put you in your circle of influence. That's where God has. Uh, that's where God's put you, and you're being faithful there. So that's what we would say. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good example. Um, even but even like second, here's another one you use. Second Timothy four seventeen. Again, this is New Living Translation. But Second Timothy four seventeen reads, "But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength, so that what I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear and." And he rescued me from certain death, right? It's like so. So he's again. It seems that when Paul talks about God giving him strength, it's in the context of so that I can serve him better, so that I can do the things that he's called me to do. Um, where and, and that's wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. So that kind of gets me to a, a more practical question, Jeff. Um, Let's move from the sort of theoretical defining these points to, to all right, how do, how do we actually put this stuff into practice? Clearly, we don't want to use this as just, well, you know, like your message is, we don't want to use this just as a mantra. It's more than that. It's certainly more than that. It's more than about my individual accomplishments. And it's about giving God glory at the end of the day. And I think Jeremiah pointed that out as well. So then Paul says, I am able to do these things. I'm able to be content through Christ who strengthens me. And the language I used a minute ago in an analogy with the microwave is that I'm plugging in, right? Mm -hmm. So from a very practical standpoint, I understand and know that there's this power out there that can enable me to do things that I maybe couldn't do on my, that I could not do on my own. Uh, Can it be content, whether that's to be content, whether that's to be courageous, whether that's to say the right words at the right time, all those things, right? How do I tap into that power? Like, what is it that I actually do to receive power or to be a channel for his power? Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. um, I think think people need to know that. Like, how is it, I mean, it's not, you know, do do I sit and meditate and repeat scripture and then suddenly I'm empowered? The, you know what, what is it that I do to to tap into this power that we're talking about? Yeah. Well, I think uh, you know when you you mentioned that Timothy verse, uh, the first one, 
you read from the NLT, but uh, when I quoted it from the New King James, it used the word enabled instead yeah. of strength because yeah. I was wanting to make that point about how Jesus will enable us. Right. And so for our Vacation Bible School, the, the theme says, uh, I can trust Christ to do hard things. And one of the things we wanted to talk to the kids about is what's something hard that you may be going through that you trust Christ to. Mm-hmm. And so we had to give an example. So for me... It was when my dad died, you know, before he died, he was like, I want you to do my funeral. And I'm like, okay. And then, uh, so you don't think about it again. And then then it happens. Then all of a sudden I've got to do my dad's funeral. Mm-hmm. And so I told the kids about how I've done a lot of funerals and it's different from doing someone that you know, or maybe as a member of your church or even a good friend or something, but now it's your dad. Sure. And so that was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I think... I think what happens is this verse, even though I didn't quote it or use it a mantra, that verse got me through uh, kind of like uh, when I was talking about uh, Seth Curry's uh, identity is so tied up in this that they made a brand about it mm-hmm. because his identity. And so, so I basically had to live this verse. I had to trust God that he could get me through even if I was preaching the funeral in my own ability and all it would still be very hard to do because mm-hmm. you're, it's an emotional situation. It's a hard thing. So I really had to trust Christ. It's like, okay, Christ, you've got to help me get through it. And so as I did that, and here recently after that happened, you know, when we've had funerals and all, I've, I've really tried to encourage someone from the family to speak. And I always use my story like, you know, I, the hardest thing I ever had to do is preach my own dad's funeral, but God got me through it. Jesus gave me the strength to do it. Mm-hmm. And so like for uh, Nancy Lewis was able to talk about her mom. Cheryl Hayes was able to talk about right. her mom. Cassie talked about her brother and her grandmother. So these are people I encouraged, you know, because God encouraged me to do something that was, was totally hard and it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. And mm-hmm. so I think that's how we apply it. It's like... Mm. That didn't happen just for me to say, oh, man, this was wonderful. It's like shared that experience with the others. And that's what Paul's doing. He's like, look, I made it through all this and God's been there for me. He's going to get you guys through too. Mm-hmm. And that's how we have to live it and just share it and, and not as a way of, and even in a failure, you know, it's like, yeah, I can't blame God. It's my own mistake or whatever. That This has happened to me, but he can still get glory and he can get me through uh, what I'm going through now. And I use, I think I talked about Simone Biles a little bit in the sermon too, because a lot of Christians were very critical of her. And a lot of people that live on this side of this verse, the I can side, or it's like, well, she's not giving glory to God because she didn't really trust Jesus. She really trusted Jesus. She would have went through this and he would have given her the strength. So mm. they're criticizing her mm-hmm. and, and coming down on her. Whereas what you were saying about the two guys falling, maybe that maybe that's the way now she's going to give God glory, and we kind of yeah. we're seeing some of the evidence of that now. People are now talking about mental health and emotional health and things like that, and that these athletes that we put on these pedestals are like people put preachers on the pedestal are mm-hmm. fallen people and people that need grace mm-hmm. and mercy too. So, uh, so that's that's the way you live it. I know that's probably a roundabout explanation, but. No, that's okay. So it's just trying to make it part of part of what you're doing anyway, and trusting and allowing God to enable you to do whatever it is He's calling you to do. Sure. So Jeremiah, how do you how do you what what advice would you give to someone to how they can tap into what what, what practical steps do you take to tap into the power? Is it something that I have to ask for? Is it something that just comes naturally? Is this something that 
in the moment I need it, it comes? Is this something that um, uh, I train, like I train my spirit the same way I train my body? How does it work? Yeah, I mean, practically speaking, the first thing you have to do, and I hate to I hate to push you towards another sermon, but I just preached on the armor of God, right? And it has a lot to do with uh, God's strength. In fact, Ephesians 6, 10 says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Well, my application was basically put on, put on Christ, put on Christ. And I think that's both a a first decision, right? Like you become saved, you put on Christ, but then daily you put on Christ. It's what does that on. mean? When you say put on Christ, though, what does that mean? Yeah, trust trust in Him, but then also be active, actively seeking Him. And actually in the student ministry, I'm about to go through uh, um, what we call the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a text, I can't think of where it's found right now, but it says that train yourself or discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Yeah. Train yourself for the purpose of godliness. And that can sound really legalistic. So we're we're careful, right? Right. But as Christians, that's our job. We train ourselves for the purpose of godliness. And those spiritual disciplines are things like reading scripture. And that's that sounds so legalistic like a checkmark thing, but how else are you going to hear from God? I mean, tell me. If there's a better way to hear from God, tell me. Um, and, and if you're going to put on God, put on Christ, then you need to know what He's saying. So you've got to fill yourself with Scripture and prayer. Yeah. Prayer the same way. How else? Tell me. If there's a better way to talk to God, tell me. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's we make it like a checkbox thing, right, when we talk about spiritual disciplines. But really, it's just... Have a relationship with God. Hear from Him. Talk to Him. Take things to Him. And that's how you daily put on Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's some some kind of tertiary things like giving and, and uh, practicing your spiritual gift, which you may not even, if you're a brand new Christian, you probably don't even know what your spiritual gift is or what that even means. So there's other things, right? But most practically... Just those two things that you do with every relationship you have. If you have a relationship with your mother, you talk to her, she talks to you. That's relationship. So same thing with with God. You talk to her or you talk to him (laughs) and he talks to you through his word. So that's the best practical thing I can give you. Yeah, I like that. So Blake, um, if I'm a Christian, if I'm a new Christian, I put my trust in Christ. Um, I've, I've, I've placed my faith in him um, and his, I understand and know that his spirit abides in me. Mm. Scripture says that. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that that power is automatically there? Um, does that mean that it's automatically there? Like I have the Holy Spirit living in me, so now I have the power to, to do the, the things that we're talking about even if I'm not aware of it. Yeah, I mean, and it's because of the Holy Spirit we can do these things. Mm-hmm. And what we don't want to do, and Scripture speaks of this, like I want to say in Ephesians, um, you you don't want to like grieve the Spirit, like you don't want to grieve that power, like you don't want to get, you don't want to like do things that would counter that power, mm-hmm. um, because that is your source of hope with the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, that is mm-hmm. our. Uh, um, he is, you know, like God used the Holy Spirit to go do His work right now in the New Testament era right now, in the church age. Like, 
he uses the Holy Spirit. And I like in the book of Acts, you know, one thing I like is somebody said, I think it should really be called uh, Acts of the Holy Spirit instead of Acts of the Apostles because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit used these apostles to go out and do the work. So, like, that is the source of it. And we don't want to do things that um, that would counter that or, like, uh, I, I grieve that or go against that. But, yeah, we do have that power. You know, so, right. somebody once said that same power that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have that power. And really, we need to, we really should have a God-sized view of it. I think that would help us out a lot in saying, like, like we literally have God like himself in us. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, it can't get any better than that. Right. You know, it can't get any better. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean our life's going to be easy. To, to be quite frank with you, I think sometimes our life gets harder if we have Christ. Mm-hmm. But we literally have God himself in us. Mm-hmm. And that is the power because the power is God himself. Right. <laughs> so, when I, You know, when we think of when we talk about being possessed of the Holy Spirit, I mean, like, like someone who is a non-believer would think about, like, you know, the exorcist, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, um, the, the little girl who's possessed is not in control of her body. She's not in control of her actions. This demon that's inside of her is controlling her completely. Does possession of the Holy Spirit work the same way in that? And this is why I guess I'm getting at. Not that it would do malicious things. So obviously, that's not going to happen. But does it work out the, the case, Jeff, that, that sometimes the Spirit just speaks and speaks and it's overtakes me and speaks for me and um, or or you know enables me but not enables me but actually does things through me without you know without my even being cognizant of it does that make sense like not, i'm not I'm, really like, like i'm not <laughs> like with because if you're being possessed of a demon say it means you have no control you yeah. would have no control at no, all No, that's not the uh, when when the holy spirit uh possesses us or we're possessed by the holy spirit basically what it means is that jesus is living inside us and because he paid the price for a penalty for our sin he he owns us we're his possession mm. um so but he's also you know i use that verse that he's he stood with me and he's in he gave me the strength so he's so he's with us and he's in us so he's so he's moving in in a direction of bringing god glory mm-hmm. so if i'm living my life no matter what I'm going through, if I'm content, then my whole purpose for life then is to ultimately give God glory. And um, and as I do that, I think the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible teaches us uh, when Jesus talked to the woman at the well that, that, that he was going to give us an abundant life and it would be living water and it, it would flow freely through us. Sure. So then my goal in life then should be to live my life in the fruit of the Spirit so that through the overflow in my relationship with God and my relationship with Jesus Christ, then through that overflow then, mm-hmm. I'm able to help other people because that's really the purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the purpose was for, for all of us to become Christians and have a relationship with God, then why are we still here? Let's just go ahead and... Go to heaven as soon as we say, you know, I want you to come into my life. But he's got us here for a purpose and a reason. And that's to continue to spread the gospel, to continue to make disciples. And as we're living that and flowing through that, so if I'm an athlete or a pastor or a school teacher or a doctor, then ultimately I have a, a vocation uh and an avocation, right? And the vocation is what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. And the avocation is 
what God does through you as you make your living. Mm. I think I've got it. I think you've got one. No, no, that, 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 that makes so, yeah. yeah, so so then, uh, so before I became a pastor, I tried to live my life as a Christian. And, um, and so then after I became a pastor, I still try to live my life as a Christian. I'm not perfect and I make mistakes. Right, right. But um, as we try to live our life as the Spirit is living in us and through us, and we're part of that overflow of His power and all, it's not to bring glory and honor to me. And your um, will is still active in all that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then be content. So then what happens if I'm living on the left side of this verse, or even if I include the right side of the verse, and I don't get what I felt like I've trained hard for and deserve? Then God has let me down. Like you said, you were going to give me the strength right. to accomplish this, and I wasn't able to accomplish it. Right. So I'm not content anymore. And what Paul's trying to say is, he has learned the secret is to be content, whether I've got abundance or mm. I don't have a single thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's where he's pointing us to, to to be content in our life. Yeah. Because even with the Holy Spirit, some people would. Even jealous of that, like, oh, this person is filled with their spirit and they're able to do all these great things. And here I am over here and I never experienced anything like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so who's to say um, that that person is that person really, are they bringing glory to themselves? Right. Or are they bringing glory to God? Right. I've never had a healing ministry. Yeah. And so so the cop out for everybody is that, well, you just didn't believe. So if if I'm disappointed, I didn't like the people that are mad at Simone that are supposedly Christians. They're mad at her because she really didn't believe this verse. If she would have believed the verse, we would have gold right now. And all of our other uh, people would have accomplished a lot more. We maybe even would have got silver. And look how she's let us down. Yeah. You know, because... They're focusing on the wrong things. And I think we do the same thing for ourselves. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I let God down. Mm-hmm. I let myself down. I let my family down in this defeat when actually maybe the defeat came so that I could bring glory to God, so I could show my family how I can make it through this. And so I can even show myself that, you know, I can't do this. I've got to depend on God more. Right. So, so along those same lines, uh, I know you've got a verse that you want to share here too, or it looks like you, you were flipping your Bible there, Jeremiah. I thought they, had something you want to say, but along those same lines, um, just to get back to that question a little bit more too, like has there ever been a moment, whether it's in ministry or everyday life, that you feel like the spirit is operating without you being completely aware of it? Not that it's taking you over, but that God's power um, is uh, evidences itself, and maybe something you say, something you do, something that happens, and you're not even cognizant of it at the time and, and maybe reflecting back, you realize, oh, wow, God's spirit was at work here. Yeah, I think that happens often, like real often. Um, does, I'm cognizant of everything I say, but I'm not, I, I have really no control how it's going to be received. Mm-hmm. And not that what I say should be received differently than what I meant. But I know that, like, say you're preaching or you're teaching or whatever, and somebody will come up to you after and be like, I really needed to hear that. Well, I didn't know they needed to hear that. Right. Um, I, I was just trying to be faithful to God's Word, right? Yeah. I was just trying to teach what God had to say. And then the Spirit, because God's Word is active and moving, right? Sure. The Spirit worked in their heart. It had nothing to do with me or what I said or how I said it or whatever right. arrangement of words I did. It just... It spoke to them in that moment, and that's 
that's but a good thing. But it wasn't that the Spirit literally took control over Jeremiah. It was still Jeremiah using Jeremiah's own will, Jeremiah's voice, and, and Jeremiah's mind. It's just that the Spirit um, empowered you, might have guided you in that direction, um, and you know, or inspired you to say certain things that that individual really needed to hear at that moment, right? Or like when you're doing sermon prep, and I know I hate to talk about sermon prep because our, our listeners probably don't do that very often, but if you're if you're prepping to teach or anything, uh, you guys can attest to this. Sometimes you're you're writing a sermon down, and then a scripture just pops into your head. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's just your memory or your brain or whatever. Well, sure, but. Couldn't that just just as well be the spirit and the spirit's just working with you, well, not that, against you, but, right, but with it, you? Isn't that what Jesus said the spirit would do? Right? Yeah, the spirit would remind us of the things that he taught, and so I, I, I tend to think I tend to give credit to the spirit when that happens. Yeah, when, yeah. or well, like you know we, we do, uh, like for example, if I'm going to do a sermon, and you may not even know what the sermon is, but you guys already put up some music that y'all been practicing. Yeah. And then we show up. I mean, a little, we're a little bit better at it now, but before it would be like, dude, you didn't, you had no idea. And you've even from the pulpit, and me and you both have said, look, y'all probably think we put this together, but it didn't. The Holy Spirit just guided this. Yeah. Or, or, so, or even if we're, even, even sometimes when we're on the same theme or something. Yeah, it's, it's still the it, Holy Spirit guided. It's amazing how, like, Something that I, like, I think this happened. I actually apologized to Blake the other day because I, I didn't want him to think that I was trying to jump into his message ahead of time. But, like, two sun, uh, a few Sundays ago when, when he preached, um, like, in the prayer that I did right before, right at the end of worship, or right before Blake got up, I quoted the whole vine and branches thing mm-hmm. in the prayer just because it was inspiring at the moment. I thought of it. I hadn't looked at his, really hadn't looked at his notes and stuff to see that he was going to spend a good deal of time on the vine and branches. <laughs> it wasn't part of his main text, and I didn't realize he was going to even go there. But and it just kind of, yeah, it just got reinforced. Yeah. And I was like, like I didn't want you to think I read your notes and decided to include <laughs> your sermon in my prayer. It wasn't that. It was just, it was a spirit thing. Yeah. And, I, and I do think the spirit works that way. I, I, I don't think, and that's not this, you know, I think there are people who give too much credit to the spirit. <laughs> If I'm being honest, I mean, I, I think that there are people who give way too much credit to the Spirit, that, that the Spirit empowers them to do th- all these all these crazy, you know, you know, supernatural things. Not saying that he couldn't, but just a lot of times I think that people say that, you know, okay, this is the Holy Spirit. But then I think there are people who don't give enough credit to the Spirit. Yeah, like, right. I think, there's a, I think there's, a, there's a healthy place in the middle there. And I think the place in the middle is where this verse points. I mean, I think it's what this verse really is all about. Is finding that that healthy spot. It's not about me and my ability. It is about Christ who strengthens me. And at the end of the day, um, it's it's about giving Him glory. And when we read this verse in its right context, and we see it in 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 in, in terms of Christian service um, and serving serving Christ well, um, you know, it, it is it is an inspirational verse. It still is an inspirational verse, and it's got good stuff for us. All right, so um, it's about. 55 minutes in here so we probably should stop here um what's next do we know what verse is next um psalm 31 the last verse in psalm 31 i think it's 24 31 24 it's about hope it's about hope yeah uh jesus power gives us hope i think is the theme for the bbs all right jesus power gives us hope. psalm 31 31 24 
Be strong, let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord. Or all you who put your hope in the Lord yes. in the CSB. So you must be reading from ESV over there, Jeremiah. Sorry. <laughs> extra, no, it's great. Extra sensory version. Extra special version. <laughs> Not English standard versus uh, Christian standard. It's just, they're saying the same thing. But be strong and let your heart be courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Well, I mean, that's along the same lines of what we talked about today, but I think slightly different application. We'll be talking about waiting in the Lord. What does that even mean? Um, putting hope in the Lord again um, and then being strong. And what does it even mean to be courageous? So there'll be some good conversation we'll have on Monday. So until mm-hmm. then. Not, not Monday. Not Monday. Not My in-laws Monday. are in town. So Your in-laws are in town. Monday. So it'll be another midweek main point. All right. So, um, uh, so next week it'll come on Wednesday again. So that's all right. We can wait. We can wait a few days. We give you a bonus episode this week, right? So, um, all right. Well, that'll wrap. I can still meet without me too. Yeah, that's okay. We'll we'll wait on you. Uh, That'll wrap it up for for today. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the bonus episode here this week. Um, Hope you got something out of that. I I enjoyed this conversation. It was good. Um, So yeah, we'll see you on the next one. So long.